everybody. Welcome to Adventure Retired, the podcast where retired people share what they're doing in their retirement to help inspire you to live your best retired life. We are Kurt and Cindy Liljadal, your hosts. And today we're going to talk to a guy named Dave Nixon. Dave did a wonderful trip. We talked earlier to uh, Diane Nelson and she took her kids to, or excuse me, she took her grandkids to Disney World. The whole family. Yeah. Well, the grandkids and family and all that. But Dave kind of kicked it up a little. He uh, took his granddaughters and his daughter to Ireland. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's a pretty interesting guy. Yeah. Dave's Dave's a friend of mine, and um, he's what I call one of the world's most interesting men. He's done a lot of things, and he's a a great man. All right. Well, good. But first, a life lesson from Kurt's book, Fix the Problem and Other Life Lessons from a Pragmatic Dad. And this one says, from what I've seen, for the most part, good things happen to good people. And bad things happen to bad people. But unfortunately, sometimes bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. Okay, that's a mouthful. It is. It is. You know, it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, if you're considered what society thinks as a good person, and you hang around with good people and you do good things, you kind of make your own luck, you know. I mean, good things are going to happen to you. But but if you're <laughs> one of yeah, there. you know, if you um hang out with bad people and you do bad things and you know, things bad things might happen to you. Yeah, but also you need to think about, you know, bad things happen to good people. And, and that's true, and that's the other side of the you keep going as you read through my book here. One of the things is life happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, a that, lot of times Bad things happen oh. to good people, and you see these some you see some people who look like they're just totally bad, and great things are happening to them. Yeah, but, yeah. The murderer gets the the um, the million dollar jackpot. You know, right, I mean, right. I don't know about that, but, but I, you know, I've never seen a lot of people arrested going to church or you know doing good deeds. So if you kind of skew your life that way, doing good, good things are going to happen to you for Ooh, the most part. That's a big word. Skew. That is. Skew. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't we go down and talk to Dave, okay? All right. Okay, today we're talking to Dave Nixon, and Dave is actually a friend of mine that I've met through a swimming pool. He goes and exercises every day. I don't know. Do you go every day, Dave? Well, I I try to go three times a week, but I'm honored for anybody that calls me their friend. Oh, well, good. (laughs) Good. I don't have that many, so i got to take advantage of what I can. I have to tell your audience that I honor your commitment to the community because uh, what you do at the Wellness Center in Emmitsburg uh, with your credentials to be able to, because without lifeguards, uh, we're not able to get in there and do our workout, our physical exercises in the water or swim or anything. So it's sincerely appreciated. Thank you for that. You know, I love being a lifeguard even though I'm retired. But... um. What what did you do when you were in the working world? I, I've talked to you there at the pool, and you've done about a million things. But what was your, your career? The ma- majority of your career, and how long have you been retired? Well, the most uh, illustrious part of my career was teaching, only because the background that I came from in my early days as a farm kid in Nebraska with very little education. I would have never imagined 
uh, being able to qualify as a teacher. Okay. But uh, because of life's challenges and some blessings along the way of my mother and others who encouraged me, like many people have, we all have these mentors. Mm-hmm. And that's what kept me going because I never thought I was smart enough to be able to do anything like that. My beginnings were uh, humble beginnings in a farm. And uh, my dad was, uh, um, well, my family was much like people that come up from other countries to work in the farm fields. We were itinerant farmers. Okay. And where did your family come from, Dave? My dad's family were in Kansas from Scotland and Northern Ireland. Okay. When I went into school, we moved to town when I was in the third grade. And uh, got to go to actually a town school with all uh, the other kids that we knew. Right. And teachers influenced our lives, my sister and I primarily, as far as going to school is concerned. And then uh, in high school, at a small school in Dakota City, Nebraska, I was given the opportunity to participate in athletics, which was terrific. Uh, Football was my sport. And uh, I just... uh, I can't tell you all the experiences I had from that. At a point, uh, just to be getting out of high school, my well, my close friends were going off to college, and that college was not even in my playbook. Okay. Um, I went to broadcast school, and that made the difference for me. Okay. School in Minneapolis-St. Paul, which still exists, uh, was uh, optional for someone who wanted to just zone in on a trade. Radio announcing was my interest. Okay, radio you did, announcing. You did some radio announcing, and if I remember correctly, you did some TV too, right? Well, yeah, and this is kind of how the, the platform to all of that was this. What happened in in the radio school was when I was in living in Dakota City going to that small school, in the summertime, of course, we had a, an acreage, and I had to work in the field uh, hoeing weeds out of the corn. Oh, yeah. Been there, done that. One of these cornfields, it was, it was a hot summer day. Cuckleburrs in cornfields are, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I, I just told myself, I've got to find something to do in my life other than do this the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a little concrete building down at the end of the row. Uh, and I went to ask for some cold water one afternoon, one hot afternoon. And there was a disc jockey in this building. Come to find out, he was spinning records in this transmitter building for the radio station. And it was going out all over northwest Iowa and southeast or northeast Nebraska, northwest Iowa and southeast South Dakota. And I thought, how? Well, I asked Sam Sherwood. I asked, I said, Sam, how, how can you get a job like this? And he said, well, you can go to school in Minneapolis. Okay. And here's so I contacted them, auditioned, and uh, the next fall I was on my way to that school. We want to get on to the reason, you know, your trip to Ireland. That's our biggie thing here. Oh, so. oh, oh right. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No, but what I, I love hearing about your career. How how long have you been retired from like all of your radio and TV career? And college president and college teacher. I segued, that's a word used often in radio. <laughs> I segued from one to the other, to the other, to the other, because when I first got the job in K- at KMS in Sioux City as a disc jockey, three years later, I was invited to apply for a similar job 
at KEWB in Minneapolis. Okay. And from there, three years later, eventually, I was working for Channel 9 in Sioux City, invited to work as a weatherman. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. The the reason we're talking to you today, you had the, I don't know, guts or the fortitude to take your daughter, and was it three granddaughters to Ireland? Yes. Oh, how what a wonderful trip. And what, I mean, your daughter is obviously a grown woman. What are the approximate ages of your granddaughters there? Well, the granddaughters, uh, the twins, just, they graduated from Iowa State uh, two years ago, so they're 23 now. Okay. And uh, then... The, the younger granddaughter is uh, just out of high school, and she just enrolled, or she just started fall term at Iowa State. Okay. They picked a good college. Yeah, yeah. And what made you want to take them to Ireland? I mean, why Ireland? It was an Irish leprechaun. Okay. <laughs> I fell in love with an Irish leprechaun. So Judy wanted you to take the granddaughter's? To, uh, well, to Ireland? She, it, was, it was on Judy's death. Okay. That was just the, one of the biggest crises in my life, is that Judy and I were married all those years, and uh, things were just clicking right along. Judy was a great educator. Her background was education, psychology, and guidance. She nurtured and uh, mentored our granddaughters when they were in school, okay. and especially came to going to college. Matter okay. of fact, she was a tr- you know attributable to my opportunities to go to college because she kept encouraging me. When when we talked about continuing my college education as an adult, as I did, uh, she knew that I would like to be a teacher in college someday, and she knew that I would have to have a graduate degree. And she was the one that suggested that I enroll at a graduate degree granting university like the University of South Dakota, and then I could be a teacher of college courses, perhaps broadcast college courses someday. And that's exactly what happened. It took a few years to do it. I continued to do the 6 and 10 o'clock news. Okay. Channel 4 at night. I would go to class in the morning. I taught a couple classes as a graduate assistant. And uh, then when I finished the doctorate, I gave my resignation, terminated the contract, And lo and behold, Iowa Lakes Community College in Emmitsburg hired me and allowed me to create a radio TV broadcast program. So that's wonderful that you had that encouragement. And I bet those girls really enjoyed going (laughs) on a trip with their grandpa. Well, uh, unfortunately, two years ago, at the beginning of the COVID season, uh, one morning, uh, early in the morning, I woke up and Judy couldn't breathe. Oh no! Yeah. So I almost almost had to beg to get her into the hospital because at that time they were very busy. They were just at the start of the season and so forth. But uh, as you can imagine, within half an hour at the emergency room, they uh, put her. You know, they tested her and right. found out she didn't officially have the COVID virus at that moment. But she had all the symptoms. They called it asymptomatic. Okay. She couldn't breathe. And uh, two days later, she was on a ventilator. 
and she she could not survive on the ventilator, and ten days later she died. Okay, we're sorry about that. So this was this trip was kind of Judy's honor Judy. to honor Judy's wishes to take the girls and learn about their um, their gotcha. heritage. We were always, you know, engaged in Judy's Irish background, and Judy and I had traveled there as free and independent travelers a okay. few times. Because we knew the people that had come to Emmitsburg, like the members of the legislature, who would visit Emmitsburg. Oh, okay. So the girls were just enthralled by that and all the stories. And Judy promised them, they said, Judy said, when you finish college, we'll take you to Ireland. Oh, nice. And did you go on a tour or did you just go with the girls and your daughter? Well, that's uh, some of each, because we knew exactly where we wanted to go and take them. But when Judy passed, uh, the, our, our daughter, their mother, said, we're going to honor your grandmother's pledge. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. We arranged the trip. And then we used uh, an agency that uh, the city of Emmitsburg had used one other time. Only because the person that organized those trips had such a good reputation, knew exactly where we wanted to go, and we had to do it all in one week's time. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so you were there for a week. Did you stay mostly in Dublin, or did you travel outside? Of- we were, yeah, we were, we were one of these tours that you are very typical, where you land on the west end of the country, and then you travel in a bus across the country for the week, and then you depart from the east end of the country, from the city of Dublin. Oh, okay. Okay. Did the uh, girls get to see, like, some castles and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to to see it all, and and except there was one thing we did not get to see, and I know some people laugh when I say this. Now, if they would have been two years older, they would have really been disappointed. We did not get to see the new Guinness Brewing factory. Oh, they missed out because, yeah, Kurt and I had seen that when we were there two years yeah. ago. Oh. And Judy and I had seen it several years ago after it was first opened because it is spectacular. And oh, it's part yeah. of the, I mean, it's part of the culture. And then if you've been through there, you know that when you get up to the top of the, the penthouse, at the end of the tour, you get to stay up there and look out over the city. And it's a good perspective on Dublin. Well, the girls were just in going into the right age at the time where... Uh, when they came back, and by the way, we didn't get in there because here's what happened. The COVID requirements, the restrictions included the fact that when you got up to the place, your venue, that you were going to hand them the tickets and go into the facility for the tour, they required that large groups like ours call ahead, that the touring company call ahead. Oh, yeah. The company had and this was at the end of the week. We'd seen all these other spectacular events and places. And we saw, you know, the, the library of University of Ireland. And the, oh, Trinity. The, yeah, the, the Book of Kells. And, and the one that really that wowed them was the post office. Oh, okay. They spectacularized the, form, the, the former post office in Dublin. And uh, they re structured it to look just like it was in uh, 1921 when they insurrection and when they divided Ireland. Okay, so 
when when you're traveling, basically it's you, your daughter, three granddaughters. Mm-hmm. First of all, did Grandpa fit the bill on this? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that, that's really you're, nice, Grandpa. Truth is, Grandma Judy. Okay, yeah, no, I'll well, give you that. Wonderful. I'll that's wonderful. That's a that. that's a gift they'll never ever forget. Right. How does it? How how is it traveling with four women like that? Well, it wasn't any problem at all because uh, I was. I think they they babied me, but uh, baby dear, that's funny. We didn't have any any problems. We knew exactly where we were going to go. The experience I'd had when Judy and I traveled was helpful, of course. Good. From what, and the girls loved it. They were very curious. And we talked about here, the, the, the part of the trip that was for me that I felt that I got the most out of, and I, I say this in the name of God, that was Judy was there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course she was. Of course she was. I mean, because was. every turn we took, I would say, Judy and I did this, and we saw this, and this was our impression. I didn't try to overdo it, of course. Right was such a value for me in a way to mourn her loss. And uh, so I, I, I have a lot of experience and I can talk to grieving the death of a loved one because uh, I know how crucial it, to know that it's terrible at the beginning. Right. Yeah, and this gave you a lot of closure, you know, and yet you know, yeah. it, it allowed the girls to see, you know, how Grandpa's dealing with this and, and allowed them to help you too, and that's really cool. Yes, because I knew at the end of that trip I was going to have another perspective on all of that, and it certainly did, and I, you know, I've heard a lot, of, I've read a lot about grieving, and I've be- read the best books about grieving, and I, now I can relate to those. And I, one that I think about often, is the president of the United States is probably the most public person when he talks about grieving, Joe Biden, and the loss of his son. And I listen, whenever he's in speaking in public and he talks about that personally, I relate to that. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there because, and, and, you know, and being in a place like Ireland, which was, you know, always one of the, the your favorite places to go with Judy and for you to go to and just to dream about. And now to bring it to your granddaughters, hopefully, you know, someday they will remember when they're grandmas and they will bring their children. Yeah. You know? I, I can tell you they'll be going back again sometime because that's usually, uh, I've felt the same way about other countries, of course, like, you know, Judy and I have toured lots of countries and we felt the same way and we had the same great experiences and I think the key to this is the people you meet along the way. And you had that experience when you were in Ireland. Yes. Did the girls and you get to have an Irish breakfast while you were there? Well, almost every day. When we had our Irish breakfast, I have never seen such a plate in my life of food. It was amazing. Yeah, if you'll remember, Cindy, we interviewed uh, Celine and Glenn yeah. Collins, and I know we met them through days. I know, I know. What was your favorite thing to do in Dublin? Well, um, I could give you two or three places, but this trip, I mean, there are a lot of favorite things. I think the favorite thing I did was going to the pubs after supper at night. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I can totally relate to that. We learned that through that, as you probably observed, was after supper, there's no schedule, no agenda, except you go to the pub and people start walking in with their instruments. Right. 
And then they start singing their songs. Yeah. Before we went, Dave, you know, Kurt and I had never drank again us. And so then I told Kurt, I said, we are going to practice this here. So we practice and practice, which it's not hard to do. And Kurt's like, okay, I really don't like Guinness, but I really do. And so that first night there, you know, just drinking a Guinness in a bar, listening to, or a pub, listening to the, to the Irish, Irish music, music is amazing. <laughs> I know. And me and I do the same thing, Cindy. It's the same, same feeling. Because when I first, I thought, is this what they talk about that's supposed to taste so good? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I had never, it must have been the Guinness, but I had never sang so much or cried so much. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Mournful, okay. These laments and these beautiful folk songs. Uh, there are songs uh, like From Clare to Here uh, was one of our favorites from Ireland. And we sat there and listened to those. Oh, yeah. Well, she had more of a connection because her family was from there. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, were you able to keep up with the younger ones or did they ever go off, like, say, Grandpa, we're going to go shopping or something? I'm glad you said that because most of the people in the pubs that we went to were my contemporaries. Okay. And they were people from the neighborhood. And and, uh, and uh, they were obviously they were so graceful i mean they they just welcomed you to their country because we learned of course over the years that that's their economic dollar that's their tourism is what generates their economy and another thing that happens is uh, when i was teaching one of the courses i taught was uh, public relations and marketing and so forth and if i was back teaching that again i'd take those college students over to ireland because the, the people that run their own B&Bs, the bread and breakfast, right. they, they do all of that. And, and they, are, they are so tricky. Oh. We got to take advantage of that. When you book a B&B, you can book it while you're walking past their place and see one of those big shamrocks out in front of their house indicating they're certified. Right. And you book a room. And the next morning you get up and you have one of these humongous Irish breakfast. And while you're having breakfast, usually the lady of the house is telling you about all these other things in their vicinity you want to see. You can't oh, yeah. miss. Yeah. And we ourselves staying extra nights at different bed and breakfasts because they sold us on it. Yeah. Yeah. They're pushing their local economy. And meanwhile, <laughs> you're staying at their place extra days. Yeah. Just it, totally enjoying every minute. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. They're hey, very good. At- we always ask a couple questions. We're getting near the end here, Dave. We really appreciate this. Um, we always ask a couple of questions from our, uh, from our, our yeah, our, our guests, but from our Norwegian roots. One of them was the "you betcha" moment. What's the best thing of this trip with your daughters and your or your daughter and your granddaughters? What was the highlight of that? I could hear that. About every time we turned around and saw, experienced a new venue, a new site, a new experience, because uh, the girls would feedback, what they would say to me was feedback on what Judy had told them, what we had discussed all the years previously. The only thing Mm -hmm. I regret is that I I wish that we had more time. Well, I wish that Judy was with us, of course, but... uh, well, I yeah. wish that uh, that we would be able to go back and meet some of the people that were so 
hospitable to Judy and I while we were there. People who knew Judy as I knew her and people that we still have contact with that, you know, send us cards and greetings and so forth. Uh, anyway, it was, it's a great experience. And I just uh, thank God for that because I don't know how many people in their lives have those experiences. Oh, I really do think you had something special. I don't think a lot of grandpas get to travel with three granddaughters overseas. I think I think that is pretty to, special. Think. <laughs> oh, I think they'd all want to. It's just they don't have the means to or the time. You know, it's hard to get. Patience. <laughs> it, well, it's hard to get schedules to work. Yeah, it is. It I think is. you're right. And I think that what we try to tell most people, Judy and I in our lives, all the traveling we did, we would say, don't let money hold you back. That's right. a really good point. That is a great point. I remember point. when my kids were little, if we had a big summer vacation coming up when I was working in radio and we wanted to go to Yellowstone, uh, we're going to have to rent a camper to do it. If I had to, I'd go to my local banker and borrow the money because it was that yeah. valuable. It is that valuable. It and, is. Uh, for it an experience. Is. and uh, Well, and I think we need to get away from this whole, you know, this economy uh, driven where we buy, buy, buy. It's so much better to buy experiences than it is to buy stuff. Well, we camped out a lot. When we- yeah. Oh, that's good. But yeah. something else yeah. that occurred along the way is we then we developed an interest in people who came to our community from other places. And one of the best yeah. experiences, there was a teacher exchange in Emmitsburg where a third grade teacher came from uh, Australia he was the third grade teacher here in, in, a, in a class that was taught by uh, Mrs. White. And Mrs. White went to Australia and taught his third grade class. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, those experiences While are great. Sam and Cindy were here from Australia for a year, Judy and I became very close and traveled around America with them because they wanted to see America. And then a year later, and we flew to Australia and stayed with them for a couple of weeks. Oh, fun, fun. Hey, okay, the final question here. If there was one, is there a hell no moment, like the toughest part of the trip of traveling with granddaughters or daughters or something like that? Yeah. I can honestly say not at all. Um, Really. And, you know, they were so fascinated by everything they saw they were just they were into it and there and yeah. i realized there're going to be later times in their life when all of a sudden the light bulb's going to go on and they'll say oh yeah for that you know cuz that happened yeah. to me and others and oh, so that's yeah. part of the learning experience yeah. but yeah that's definitely going to happen to them like i said i bet someday when they go back you know when you're long gone you know and they're going to go back when they're in their 40s right. or 50s with their husbands, and they're going to say, oh, I remember when I did this with Grandpa. I remember <laughs> I doing this with Grandpa. You know, I remember this story. Grandpa told me this. Oh, that's a wonderful <laughs> trip. That's, a, that's quite a legacy you, you did there for your wife, Dave. Well, I'm very happy for you and proud that you were able to well, do Judy that. Well, Judy did so much for me, and one thing was showing me the value of completing college. Oh, yeah. And here's why. Because in some of my family, we haven't done a very good job of that. And going back yeah. to the Kansas roots, where the boys, most of them boys in that family, at the eighth grade, they had to go to work. Now, right. so right. some of that culture 
rubbed off on all the rest of us. And we thought, well, the minute we got out of high school, if we did get out of high school, we had to go to work right away. And that was something that Judy was in her background as psych, uh, psych and guidance was uh, finding ways to keep people in school. And I'll tell you uh, the best example was when I was working, I was going to school. I was encouraged by Judy and I continued through the graduate courses and so forth, driving both ways to Vermilion and all that other stuff. And I, there were days when I'd be tired. I'd be working on a project and then doing the six and 10 o'clock news. So then I'd be encouraged by a faculty member or an advisor to go on and finish the terminal degree. That was always what I heard at the university was, well, if you're going to teach a college, you got to finish that terminal degree. And one day I was moaning to Judy about that. And I said, do you know how old I'm going to be when I finish that doctorate? And she said, you'll be that old anyway. That's right. <laughs> That's a great have, way to end it. And that drove me forward. And so our grandkids have all finished their college degrees, and uh, one of them has already embarked on a, a postgraduate degree. That's wonderful. That's great wonderful. legacy there. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us, Dave. We really appreciate this. This has been a great conversation, and I just, I'm just i so glad that you got the time to take the girls over there, and I'm so happy that they got to experience it with I you. I admire you for taking on a podcast, and, and the reason is because I'm obviously I'm, I'm biased uh, because of my background in broadcasting. I think it's a great idea, and I at one time in my broadcasting career, I thought, boy, there's nothing new. There's not going to be anything new in this. <laughs> hey, yeah, and there's something new all the time, right? And we have right? podcasts now that can be heard around the world. Well, Cindy always tells me I have the face for a podcast, so this is <laughs> this is probably pretty good. Yes. But we want to thank you, Dave, for joining us. We sure appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, God bless you guys. You, you too. too, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that wraps up another adventure. I'm so glad that you joined us. That was beautiful. I mean, the way Dave was honoring his wife's dream, her wish to take the kids to Ireland so and sweet. pass on that family Tradition. Heritage, yeah. tradition. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, we're always looking for new people to interview. Yeah. Like I said, Dave was a friend of ours, but we we want to interview anybody. If you've done anything, if you've gone anywhere, maybe you have a hobby. Yeah, hobby. I, like I said, I'm still waiting to find somebody who's gone to Florida now that goes down to Florida to, as you know, a re- Florida, I guess they call them snowbird down there too. I don't know. Or, but if you know anybody, email us at adventureretired at gmail.com or you can get us through our website, adventureretired.com. Or on Facebook. Facebook. You can Facebook us there. We just dropped an episode every 1st and 15th of every month and it's getting always, fun. Yeah, always look for it. Hey, you went over 10,000 downloads. Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. You think we'd make a little money? Well, you we know, don't. I don't think we want to make any money. So. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. I love you, Cindy. I love you more. And that's the kids and loved you. Yeah, that's the kids